Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Have a seat. Make yourselves comfortable. It is Vision Sunday today. How exciting. Also Super Bowl Sunday. Also exciting. Um, Vision Sunday is an opportunity for us to get excited and to look forward to what God has for us in the next season and kind of think about the things that he has already done that have brought us to this point and are going to catalyze this next season. Um, I love a Vision Sunday and I also love the opportunity that it affords to give us like a nice reminder of why we're here and why we do what we do and that's that Rehope Church exists to lay the foundations for a long-lasting reawakening. That is true of Rehope Church as a whole and we exist here in this location to bring the commission that God has given this church to Shawlands. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about what that's going to look like for us in this next season. But before we get into all that, let me bless you real quick. And I bless you in the name of Jesus to know Jesus even more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing in your body and in your mind and your emotion and your spirits today. I bless you with guidance and help from God so that you can flourish in this season no matter what challenges um, you're facing so that you can flourish. I bless you to flourish and I bless you to experience the hope and the peace and the love and the joy of God today. May it be. Good times, my dudes. So this week... I reread my sermon from the last Vision Sunday in September. And in that sermon, I said, it feels like Rehope Southside is in the infancy of something really, really exciting. No kidding. <laughs> this season has been really, really exciting. God has been so good to us, like so good. And it feels like we've been like right in step with his leading, so good, my dudes. Nice one. So good, proud of you. I've got to tell you, though, that reading over that sermon was kind of strange. Strange in the sense that it f- still felt very relevant. Do you know? Like, things have been going well around here, and it's clear that God's favor is on Rehope Southside, so it doesn't feel like this is the moment to change everything and flip the script. Like, we're mid-assignment. We're not done. We still need to keep going, doing the things that God has pointed us to. And a lot of stuff from last September still feels pretty relevant for now. But at the same time, it just felt really like outdated. And like, sure, we need to keep going. We are mid-assignment, but we have progressed so far into that assignment that things are just different now. Things have changed in the last six months. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. So last September, in that message, I was talking to you about how I was dreaming of 40 people at our 9 a.m. prayer time, and I talked about how that would constitute roughly 50% of the dudes who would be here on Sundays, and how that would be outrageous and wild, and it would be like just wild dreams moments. 
Two weeks ago at our 9 a.m. prayer time, 60 people. Like, wild. Yes, do that. Yes, celebrate that. That's nuts. That's crazy. You guys are monsters. I'm so proud of you. I love it. And look, we keep track of that data of how many people come here. And numbers can be helpful for us. And big numbers can be exciting, but they're not the most exciting thing. Do you know? What's more exciting about the number 60 is that that demonstrates that, like, 60 people demonstrates a dedication to praying as a community. That's bigger than a big number. Do you know what I mean? And it shows that our members take seriously their personal responsibility for uh, fulfilling their commitments. That's bigger than a big number. 60 people shows that we get our standing before God and we value preparing ourselves as we come to him. And 60 people includes parents who are determined to model the importance of praying with the church community to their kids as a non-negotiable Yo, that's bigger than a big number. That's wild. 60 people here. That was an anomaly. Do you know, that was like a one-off one, one, off one week. But never in my wildest dreams would I thought we would have that one-off one week. Nuts. 60 people here ready to pray at 9 a.m. 10 past nine. Probably more like 10 past nine, right? Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, my dudes. I turned 40 in June. I know, it's a lot moisturizing a day, right? I turn 40 in June, and what I want for my birthday is for you to show up on time tonight. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I want Pokemon cards. I'm kidding. The queen's mad. Look, I'm kidding, and I'm getting off topic. 60 is a big number for us, and big numbers are exciting, but the bigger thing is what that tells me about the people you are and that's nuts. 60 is a big number. That's exciting. And like being on time and everybody doing everything all at once are my love languages. So a bunch of people here praying all together, like that is just a dream for me. But what it says about who you are and your characters, that's even bigger. Like so proud of you. And plus, on a personal note, if I may, like when you look out and you see a bunch of people committed to praying, um, and these sorts of rehobi things, you know, it just like doesn't make me feel. Feelings can be subjective. It lets me know how well supported I am. So, thank you. I appreciate it. That's not what that prayer time is for, but I gotta tell you, it's a really, really nice bonus, my dudes. Thank you. So, no kidding, it's been a really, really exciting season. And I'm choosing that present perfect continuous tense deliberately. I'm not saying it was a really, really exciting season like it's done. I'm saying it has been like it has been and it still kind of is and it's kind of, it still is and it's going to be into the future as well. It has been a really exciting season, but I'm not seeing God being done up here. Feels like he is still continuing to do the things that he said that he would do. We're in assignment and we need to keep going in that. We'll keep pursuing the personal reawakening, the reawakening in the location of this church and then spreading that reawakening beyond our immediate church community. And around here, when we're pursuing personal um, reawakening that then spreads, there's six main things that we do. There are members' uh, commitments. We'll run through them real quick. Number one is um, I have dedicated my life to Jesus and I commit to continue to grow in my love for God with all my heart and soul and strength. Look, this is the thing. 
This is it. And everything that we do feeds into this. Number two is going to pop up just there. You can read it while I talk. Like loving God is first. Loving people comes next. And I have seen this become a strength of ours. But as our church continues to grow, we are going to have to fight harder to preserve that like family community thing that we have been protecting so, so carefully and so preciously up to this point. We need to stay alert. We need to make sure we're not getting cliquey. We need to make sure we're not missing new people. We need to make sure that we communicate with like our communication and our body language and all the things that when someone comes to this church that they know that they are valued here, they're wanted here, and there's a place for them here where they can meet with God with us. We've got to really fight for that as we continue to grow. That's so important for us. And this church has always been about that. We really need to fight for it. Just as a reminder, we do love people and leaders are people too. And uh, we have feels too. And some of us have more than others. Um, So I'm just putting that there. Um, Recently though, the Queen reminded me um, that we also love the people who come through our doors. And that includes the various groups that rent our building throughout the week. And she reminded me that the staff of the Glasgow School of Ballet probably don't want to have to fight through the lunch dishes that I left and didn't wash before I ran off to get the train while they're making themselves a cup of tea in their break. Fair. (laughs) Fair. And I just kind of was kind of thinking about that and being like, oh, the people God brings through our doors. I've just been thinking about Sundays, but there are so many people who come through our doors and we can look after them. And maybe something that we could all do is make sure that this place is ready and left like beautifully, like lovingly for every nation church that rent um, this space on a Sunday afternoon, like simple loving acts, like putting your coffee cup in the bin and like if there's little cards and handouts and things lying around, just like putting them away at the back or in the bin if they're all crumpled up or whatever, leaving that for them so that they don't have to do that every week because that could get old fast and we want to look after and love the people who come through our doors. Thank you for that reminder, Jamie. I appreciate you so much. Um, Number three is going to pop up there. Um, Being regular and and dedicated to meeting with God, with his people, makes a difference. We also commit to serving. We're a busy, active church, and there are a bunch of ways that you can serve that will fit your skill set and your passions and all the things, and we would love to help you to find a way to do that if you're not currently doing it. Number four is all about Bible read-through. Bible read-through is how we do our community groups around here. If you're new, it's like a book club. We spend like a little time Um, during the week reading uh, like spending some personal time with Jesus then we meet up with our group and we talk about three things that jumped out to us uh, or we find interesting it's got the personal time with Jesus bit and it's got the community bit it's golden and we'd love to help you to find a group if you're not part of one yet Uh, and you can be a faithful part of that group and we define faithful as if you're not sick or out of town you're at your group and you've finished your reading, and you're ready to share, and you've got something you want to ask your group to praise God for and pray for for you. And we recognize that sometimes the week just runs away from you. And if you don't get your reading finished that week, be a faithful part and come to your group anyway. And if you didn't even get started that week, grace for everyone. Come and be a faithful part of your group and like listen and soak in the goodness um, that other people are ready to share with the group. Be a faithful part. Good times. 
Number five is about praying. Already talked about this. 11 out of 10 recommend our 9 a.m. prayer time. Such a special time, but also like 8 a.m. virtual prayer room. Um, also the like leaders prayer times that we do throughout the year. Um, so powerful, so great. More on leaders prayer later. And finally, that last one um, is about um, our generous and joy-filled giving. Look, God is good to us and he's generous to us and we want to be like him. So we follow the biblical example of bringing our first and best to God via his church and then we give above and beyond to other worthy causes as he directs us. And friends, when we do these six things and when we do them well, um, it gives us a solid foundation on which um, to um, pursue reawakening in our lives and our church and beyond good times. So that's kind of what we're going to keep doing. Um, great. Um, things are going good. Keep going. Are we done here? I've got a couple of challenges for you today. Mm, not quite. We're not quite there yet because we are mid-assignment and we're at a different stage of that assignment. So things are going to look a little differently in this next season. And um, God has been speaking to me really since fasting week. And I'm convinced that the message that he wants to bring to us for this season is that we need to stay alert. And in a moment, I'm going to read from Matthew 14, but having a little bit of build up um, to the text we're going to study is going to be helpful. So in Matthew 13, um, Matthew outlines a collection of Jesus' parables and he highlights Jesus' helpful, accessible, powerful teaching. They didn't quite get it at first. Jesus explains stuff. He explains why he does parables. And the end of that section finishes up with an affirmation that the people get it and it feels like momentum and going somewhere. Good times. But then Matthew moves straight from that into Jesus' teaching getting rejected via a personal rejection of him. Like, where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles from? Like, isn't it a carpenter's kid? Like, where did he learn to do all these things? And they reject him. A low moment, not the lowest moment, because straight on the heels of this, at the start of Matthew 14, Jesus hears that his cousin, John the Baptist, has been murdered low, like low point. And the last thing that happens before the passage we're going to study is that Jesus feeds 5,000 plus people. And it's a really high point. And when discussing these events in his account, John tells us that dudes want to make Jesus king. Like it goes from rejection and threat to um, like recognition and vindication, albeit like misunderstood, but still. And it goes there really, really quickly. Since I'm a visual person, and um, here's how I kind of imagine those events, Do you know, like things are kind of up and then there's like a lot of it that's grim and then it kind of goes back up again. Do you know, that's the way it kind of goes. It's pretty turbulent and it brings us to the events we're going to look at today, which are literally turbulent. Um, here it is, Matthew 14, starting in verse 22, says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was alone there. But meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves about three o'clock in the morning. Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. 
when the disciples saw him walk on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Do not be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it really is you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Well, great. Look at him go. Off he goes there walking towards the water and walking towards the Jesus on the water. And it feels like that squiggle is kind of a good representation for Peter's experience on that day as well. Do you know, feeding the 5,000 started off a bit stressy for them, but then got really good. And then it's dealing with a storm and apparently a scary ghost. And then Jesus suspends physics for him. Psh, what is that about? That is wild. So fun. Yo, Things can change so quickly. From like, how are we gonna find food for all these people to like plentiful leftovers? And from storms and ghosts to walking on water. Things can change so quickly. And Jesus has just done two things in a row that have taken his disciples from doubt to faith. He's proved he can be trustworthy even when things are difficult or maybe especially when things are difficult. Like things can change really quickly. We've seen that in this past year, right? Do you know, from the start of April, things switched here. Before that, like something was just kind of out. I found it really hard to put my finger on what it was, but there was something. And then things changed really quickly. And Brian pinpoints that moment um, to the first Sunday in April during worship. Kelsey was leading and Brian was just like, wait, this, feel, this is life again. This is different now. And he felt it switch. And from there, we just didn't look back. And we know that things can change really quickly for good. But Peter knows that things can change really quickly the other way too. And you probably know how this story goes. Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went out the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why'd you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Look, things can change quickly. I don't know how you imagine Peter's sinking to go. Like I know how water physics normally happens. You know, it's like Peter's gonna be walking on the water and then the next second he's in over his head. But it feels like in line with the rest of the story that we're not operating with normal physics. So I wonder whether he like is kind of sink kind of slowly, enough time to like realize this is happening, but there's nothing I can do about it, which kind of feels worse to be honest. But... Anyway, he's still like close enough to Jesus for, that, for them to be able to hear each other over the wind and the waves. He's close enough to Jesus for Jesus to just reach out and grab hold of him. We know that things can change quickly even when we are close to Jesus. We need to take responsibility and we need to stay alert. 
And when God first brought this passage to my attention, it was with the lyric to that like old classic hymn, like turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If you know the song, it's, it's kind of a bop. Um, really good. And the message of that song, like when things are hard, look to Jesus. And the message of this story, like when there's winds in the wave, look to Jesus. Like sometimes we can take that, and that's good advice, but then oversimplify it so that then becomes bad advice. Because just looking to Jesus and living in complete denial that there is storm and winds and waves is not going to help Peter. Like if for him to get out the side of that boat and just pretend that it's like flat seas and like nothing wrong and not be aware of what's going on around him, that's not gonna be helpful for him and for us going through our lives when things are difficult, they are difficult. Difficulties are real. Denial won't help. Jesus will. Here's the deal. Here's what Jesus does. Get this often missed but powerful truth in these events. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. So that means that Peter and Jesus, like Jesus scooped Peter out of the water, and then they have to go back towards the boat together. And I can take from that that Jesus is with us in our challenges. For real, he is until the end, until better comes. We've been thinking a lot about new beginnings at Rehope Church for this like last little while, hearing stories about um, new beginnings for so many of you dudes here this morning. Wonderful. John, we know that a new beginning looks different depending on the person, depending on your circumstances. What that new beginning will be will vary and God knows what your needs are and he will be able to meet them. But here's something that stays the same. God is with you in your challenges and he will be with you until that new beginning comes. This message feel a little bit disjointed to you. Like one minute I'm talking about like God is with us and things are going great and the next minute is like here's some advice on how to deal with your problems. Like how do we get from like things are going good to like all the problems? Like what's the link? I'm gonna bring these together. Oh, I work here. I work here, and sometimes it feels like Rehope Southside is my whole life, but I know that it's not my whole life. And I know that it's possible, as I'm sure you do too, that you can have an area of your life, say like professionally, things are going well, or school, or college, or whatever it is for you. Things can be going really well in one area of your life, while there are other like significant challenges in other areas of your life. And it would be um, silly and arrogant for me to assume that just because my professional life is going well right now, that you therefore are the most healthiest version of yourself that you could possibly be. That's not real. Problems are real, difficulties are real. I know it, you know it. The question is though, when we have good and when we have bad, what am I focusing my attention on? Am I focusing on the waves, the difficulties, or am I focusing on the one who can bring new beginning and breakthrough and solutions and hope even while the storm is still raging? It would have been dumb for Peter to get out of that boat and pretend the storm didn't exist. And it would be unhealthy and unhelpful for us to go through life in denial of our problems. But it's also unhealthy and unhelpful if we just think about the storm. We need to think about both, but not at the same level. 
not equally. And I've been thinking about this kind of stuff and like mulling it over since about fasting week. But last Monday at, um, at Bible Read Through, Andrew said something and it put words to kind of what I'd been thinking about. It was so, so helpful. I had to write it down. He said, what you focus on multiplies. Find the grace and focus on that. I'll state my sources. No, no plagiarism here. Andrew was chatting about the experience of the Israelites in the desert, you know, and the examples like there could be, you know, of their mixed bag. One minute they're winning battles and like realizing that God had been with them to the extent that they went into the battle, won it, and didn't even lose a single soldier. Wow. And then the next day they're complaining about manna all the time. Two good things that God has done, but definitely depending on how they analyze those things, the one thing they respond really well to, the battle they respond really well to, and the manner they respond really, really badly. Because what we focus on multiplies in our heart. When we think about the good things, that grace swells in our heart. When we think about the difficult things and only on them, or maybe disproportionately on them, that's when like anxiety and bitterness or complaining, like whatever the thing is, that can grow in our hearts too. So we need to stay alert being aware that we're facing challenges on our lives and staying alert to the movement of God in those challenges so that we can spot the grace even in the desert like they were. Battle in the desert, man in the desert. It's all challenge for them, but sometimes they respond well, sometimes they respond badly. We want to respond well and we can find the grace that God is giving us even in the challenges and respond rightly. Now, look, I know as well as you know that when we're tired and frazzled, things like our Bible read-through or a 9 a.m. prayer time maybe become like next week things, and those are things that maybe we want to drop. And like, for sure, grace to you, for sure. But a better response is putting the focus on God by staying close to him through those disciplines and practices that we have built in here already and staying in tune with him so that we can stay alert to what he is doing, especially when things are kind of tough in our personal lives, on our personal level. We can focus on what God is doing to spot the good things and focus on them, drawing our spirit upwards. That's the personal stuff level. The other side of that is the Rehope Southside thing. And things are going well, but we have a growth mindset. We are mid-assignment. We're not done assignment. And there is still like a whole shawlins out there that need to know the comfort and the love and the hope of Jesus. And there are still people here within our community who could do with and benefit from us giving Jesus love to them. And although things are going well, we want to stay alert to make sure that we are staying on assignment, like staying alert to complacency or division-y stuff creeping in. Like, and if that's conflict, maybe it's conflict. If that's cliquey, maybe it's cliquey. We don't want any of it. But being oblivious to the problems isn't going to help us. We do want to stay alert and stay awake so that we can spot those things as they start to rise. But really, we want to focus as well on the grace and looking for the things that God is doing here so that that multiplies in our hearts. Being aware of challenges, yes, 
but focusing on the grace that God gives us. And um, in this next season, there are a few things that I would like us to focus our hearts on and have in the forefront of our minds um, to do with churchy stuff. And they all come from um, our leaders' prayer time during uh, fasting week. The first one, um, there were so many um, words spoken over Rehope Southside about light, but in particular about us being lighthouses. And um, these structures exist to keep people alert to danger. I feel like God is calling us to be like lighthouses for each other, keeping ourselves and keeping other people that we care about away from those dangers, especially those things that we don't foresee and we can't see right now. I think God is calling us to be lighthouses for each other, to care and support each other, to love the people of Rehope well. Um, we want to keep alert so we can do that. And um, the second one is loads of words about joy and celebration. And I've seen us be great at keeping joy and celebration at the forefront of our minds. Like this past season has been marked with life and joy and celebration and all that fun stuff, despite significant challenges. But we didn't let the dry rot get to us. We didn't focus on that. We didn't let that multiply in our hearts. The dry rot was a big deal, but it's not what, what defined this last season. So we want to keep going on this because we have reasons to celebrate these stories that you're hearing and people tell here today. We have so many reasons to celebrate and I'm still convinced that testimony is going to be such an important part of this church going forward and not just sharing stuff at share time within our community, but talking about stuff to your family, to your co-workers, like just like little normal conversations, showing people that we have reason to celebrate because when we come here and experience the presence and the power of God, and we tell a dude good news about it, they can know that that is available for them and they can come here and they can experience it for themselves because God loves them too. And God has good things for them too. So testimony, I'm convinced that this is still a really big part of the next season for us. And the last one, the last one is growth. And God spoke about growth a lot and a bunch of stuff that links in with the picture of like Rehope Southside uh, being like the elephant church. Like elephants are big, strong, sturdy, stable, but they're also caring and nurturing. That's the church that God is calling us to be. And there's a few times at Leaders Prayer speaking about the importance of us being good family to each other. Sometimes family is complicated but we want to be good family to each other. But there's also another part of it where it was like God was going to bring um, families here. And they'll see what God is doing here for the kids here in the kids' lives and through the kids for the benefit of the church and beyond. And obviously we care about our youngest dudes and we want to provide for them and love the people of Rehope who are young well and the people that God brings through our doors who are young well, and they're grown-ups, we wanna love them all well. And this is an exciting time for how we can love the families of Shawlands, and I'd love for us to take our prayer game to the next level on this stuff. Friends, pray for replay, like the play group that meets here on a Wednesday morning. Pray for the baby bank that those dudes are getting started to support families who need like a little extra financial help in raising their kids by like providing like nappies and wipes and, and stuff like that. And more details are gonna come from Reb on that later today. I don't wanna steal her thunder, but I will say that I am crazy excited about this. And we need to pray for a kid's pastor. You guys, like the next generation of, is of such 
value to us here. And cards on the table, we have extended the application uh, date for the kids' bachelor job twice, and we still haven't had any applications. And um, we need some serious prayer on this one, my dudes. Like, I have no doubt whatsoever that God has got someone for us, but we need to pray. He will provide, and until he does, we're going to urgently and expectantly call on him to raise up or bring to us or one of you go and find out who they are and share an Instagram post with them or share a link or whatever it is. God has got someone for us. I, am, I know it. And we need to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until we know who that person is. The last bit of the growth thing is actually a really good problem that there are so many of us now. And I love that. And in this next season, we have plans to open the balcony um, so that there's some extra seating. But we have to cross a few bridges there first. Um, there is some joinery work that is still going on. And while we're on the subject, Daniel, thank you so much for the work you've been doing, mate. Really appreciate you. Um, really would not even know where to start. So thanks, mate. And uh, there's still, still a bunch of work that needs to be done. Um, and then some more like painty type finishing off projects thing. Probably get another wee work day on the lash at some point pretty soon if you'd be up for helping with that so we can create and make sure that we've got a safe, welcoming, clean um, space for dudes up there so they can meet with God as they meet uh, with God with us. Um, good times, we want that. Um, a while ago, during our 9 a.m. prayer time, uh, God showed me a picture of the church. And in the picture, I was in the front row during worship, as I always am in my own world, with my eyes shut and my face screwed up, um, screaming my guts out and missing Sonia's cue to come on stage for the rest of the service. But one of the funny things about standing in the front row for worship is that when I get up here to lead share time, and there's a bunch of you, and then I go down and have a worship time with, with the Lord and with you, and then come up here and like, oh, look, there you all are now you've all snuck in I turned 40 in June my dudes and what I want for my birthday do you know what I mean so in the picture that God gave me I was down there during a worship time and I came up here to do the rest of the service and the place was packed like even down these sides on each side three rows of chairs that were full of people and for a minute I was like oh great and then I realized that they couldn't see past the walls and there was something in their way to like block them off from meeting with God with us. And they weren't like, I don't know, it just felt like they weren't actually part of this. I feel like God was given this warning to us that like he is going to entrust us with people. He is going to bring people to us and we are going to go out and get them and it's going to be busy and big and stable and fun and caring and nurturing and elephant stuff. But I don't want to not be ready. I don't want to miss those opportunities where people show up and be like, mm, there wasn't really space for me there. I want as many as God will bring to us to be looked after well here and loved well here so that they can meet with God, grow deeper connections with him as they meet with him, grow deeper connections with us as they meet with God with us. I want to be ready, ready, ready. So we need to stay alert. We do. Look, I'm incredibly 
excited from the past season of what God has been doing and his favor on Rehope Southside. I'm proud of you all and your part in it, really good proud of you all. And I'm content in the sense that I'm happy at this stage, but I'm, I'm not content. Do you know, there's a whole shawl inside there and I want them to know Jesus. I'm not, I'm not content yet. And, but Rehope Southside isn't in the infancy of something really, really exciting anymore. It's like right in the thick of it. It's right in the middle of something really, really exciting. And I know there's more to come because I know God is still good. I know he's still moving. And you all with your share times proved that this morning. I know there's a sweetness. When we taste that sweetness, we want more. And that's good. And I want us to focus on that. Even when the challenges come to this church or come to you personally, so that we can grow in thanks and love for God and appreciation for who he is and what he is doing in us and through us and for us. It is, I've got a couple of challenges uh, this week. Um, one of them is just like, don't let your difficult circumstances steal your focus. I mean, it makes sense. Those things are real. You're not gonna pretend they don't exist. But if you've got something going on and you would like to see breakthrough and a new beginning in that, Ask someone to pray for you. If you're a guest here today, like this is still an opportunity. And um, I'll, a little bit more about this in a moment, but um, our prayer team met um, just before like this bit of the service and they had a sense that God wants to like break every chain, like nothing left over, like the final thing that needs to be broken for you to have freedom. If that is something that you're like, yes, please, make sure you ask someone to pray for you today. Good trusted dudes are ready to pray for you. And if you think you need a little bit more time, there are some cards like in the seats. Um, sorry that um, they all look the same, but uh, one of them says prayer in big letters. And there's a QR code on the back. And if you zap that, uh, you can set up a time after the service um, some week soon um, to spend like a little bit more time praying. If that's something that you would like, we would, we would love to pray for you for anything for that new beginning, for breakthrough in your life. And the other one is just like, you know, find the grace and focus on it. Um, for the next month, every Sunday morning, read, read Psalm 100 and make a note of something, like start a new uh, note on your notes app. Or if you're like a, a paper journaler type dude, like get on that and try and write down something from your week that is a good thing that God has done for you that week and spend some time thanking him. I'm, I'm imagining like Psalm 100 is like a handful of verses. I'm thinking that this will probably take you 90 seconds to like think, read, think, write down, say like a quick prayer and let that snowball, let that list grow. And maybe some of you after a month, like writing one thing from this week, that's not enough. Angela had the week of her dreams. She's writing a million things down. And like, you might have a big list that grows quickly, but maybe some of you will keep this going and it'll be like, what does that list look like after like two months or six months or a year or beyond? And we'll see that we have so much to celebrate, so much to be joyful for and so much um, to thank God for and so much to focus on and let that multiply in our hearts. I'd be class, my dudes, that'd be so fun.